Hello there and welcome to the Sonic Truth podcast. And on this one, we have a particularly special episode featuring Joe Piazza, a best-selling author, journalist, and possibly the reason we are most excited to have her, a multiple podcast host. This is the first time we've ever actually had a podcast host being interviewed, which feels very meta, to say the least. Joe started her career in traditional journalism, and she saw an opportunity in audio and its ability to reach a very diverse and curious audience. And one day she decided to go all in on it. We'll be discussing her partnerships with iHeartMedia, her career, and some of her upcoming work with the Tribeca Film Festival, and what the podcast advertising industry looks like through the eyes of a successful host and executive producer. But for now, I'm going to pass it over to our host, Scott Simonelli. And once again, welcome to The Sonic Truth. Joe, welcome to the Sonic Truth podcast. And maybe we could just start with you telling us a little bit about yourself and who you are and, and how you got here. Sure. Uh, my name is Joe Piazza, and I'm an author, former magazine editor, former print journalist. I guess I'm still a journalist, uh, and now podcast host and podcast executive producer for iHeartRadio. I host the podcast Committed, and we have two upcoming podcasts on iHeart. Fierce, which is a podcast with the Tribeca Film Festival about badass women that history's forgotten, and Under the Influence, which is a deep sociological dive into the world of mom influencers on Instagram. You know, just for those of us who don't know a lot about you yet, I, I know some of this already. Uh, I'm lucky to know, but you know, tell us: is this your content, or are these your books, or these your? Is this your stuff that you're kind of putting out there in the audio world that you've already made? Yeah. So this is this is my content. So I've been a journalist and author my entire career. I've been a journalist for about 20 years now, and I've been writing books for about 10 years. I just finished up my 10th novel or 10th book with HarperCollins, and that's coming out in February of 2021. And two years ago, I switched into audio. Um, you know, I've been watching as content has evolved from print to online. And now back, I, lo I love when people say, oh, audio, it's so new. And I'm like, yeah, radio, it's like totally brand new. No one's been doing this for 100 years. Uh, but we are seeing more and more content move to the audio world. And so I started doing that about two years ago. And I started with How Stuff Works. And then How Stuff Works moved over to iHeartRadio. And now I'm doing a lot of podcasts. My first one, Committed, is based on a book that I wrote called How to Be Married, which I wrote when I was an editor at Yahoo and traveling, on the, uh, traveling around the world, figuring out how the hell to be married. Uh, and I wrote a book interviewing couples from 32 countries on six continents, and we turned that into a podcast called Committed. And the two new ones are based on original ideas. So they're not based on books. Um, they were just kind of dreamt up by me and a couple of other people at iHeart uh, in a dark windowless room. How have you adjusted and kind of changed what you're doing as it's like, okay, well, I'm going to, I'm going to focus on audio. Well, I've always said that you have to go where, where the consumer is, where the audience is. And I was still I was still in newspapers just as the internet was starting to destroy newspapers, right? And the newspapers were really slow to move to digital. They were really slow to first move online generally and then slow to adopt social media as well as a place where people consumed content. And I was always on the forefront of that. I was moving newspapers, moving magazines onto digital because that's where the audience was going. And now we're seeing an audience shift again 
into audio. And I, I tell people all the time, this is the most fun that I've had in journalism, and I still consider what I do journalism. I think it's a mix, actually, of being a journalist and and being an author in terms of reporting a story. But also podcasts are really, if you count up how many words are in an entire podcast season, you have more than enough to fill a couple books at the end of the day. So I'm writing as much as an entire book uh, in a single podcast season. So it's really a hybrid of that. But the audience has moved on to audio, and the audience is incredibly engaged. And I say it's the most fun that I've had in journalism in 10 years because I feel like I'm engaging an audience in a way that it was not possible to engage them online anymore. People's attention spans are incredibly short for online articles. Online articles have a lifespan of maybe five minutes, uh, and then they completely disappear from your consciousness. And that is really... It's hard for a journalist who wants to impact people, who wants people to feel something, to really take something away from something they've spent a lot of time creating. And with podcasts, the podcast audience isn't just engaged, but they're loyal. And they keep coming back again and again. We get hundreds, sometimes thousands of emails from our committed audience every week. And so this is this is where the audience is right now for great storytelling content. And that's why I've moved over here. What makes that? I mean, obviously, there's a real power to audio, and and it's it's got a lot of kind of rich um, kind of just just ways that it, it can touch somebody more quickly than maybe something you read. It can last longer than something you read from a memory standpoint. Is there something about telling that story in an audio format that? brings you closer to that audience that that makes them more engaged do you think there is there there's something there's something incredibly intimate about listening to somebody's voice we we know that uh but beyond that i think for a long time when i was doing digital content we all said video 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 we need more video and so people started firing all of the print journalists and hiring people that could edit video and entire websites became just video websites and it turns out that wasn't exactly what people did want. I think that audio creates a more engaged audience. It creates a more intimate connection than video because it's also something that we can do while we're doing something else. So if you're trying to consume a story in video form, you have to be sitting at your computer and the video has to be open and you're watching and listening at the same time. And there's usually in the real world, we're in an office and people are around you and they can see what you're doing. Audio can be consumed while you're doing other things. It's passive consumption. And right now, everyone multitasks. So people want to be able to consume content while they're cooking dinner, while they're in the shower, while they're commuting, while they're jogging, while they're doing their work, but you have headphones in so no one knows exactly what you're doing. People really think you're doing that Excel spreadsheet. So people can consume it in a much higher quantity than they can video content. And I think that that's why audio is having such a heyday right now. It's funny, I... I personally, like I love learning new things and I, and I look at things like masterclass, which is fantastic by the way, but you know, I'm unable to consume content from something like masterclass while it's a great content, uh, in the same way I can consume audiobooks and podcasts and learn similar concepts, uh, just cause it's, it's just harder to have that video on, um, while you're driving or while you're commuting or while you're again, doing other things on the audiobook front. You've narrated a couple of yourself, left some some of those to others. What you know, where did you kind of land on that? Like, I want to I want to read this, uh, or I'd like to have somebody else read it. Just curious. 
it, it was actually pretty easy for me because I'm not, I'm not a professional audiobook narrator, right? So when it came to fiction, we auditioned and hired really professional voiceover actors who could do service to great fiction. And, but when it came to narrating How to Be Married, which is more of, it's, it's kind of an autobiography. It's a little bit of a memoir. Uh, it is about my first year of marriage. It's about our personal experiences, our personal travels. That felt right to do on my own. And I did, I did that before I did the podcast. So it's really interesting to listen to the audiobook of How to Be Married because I definitely do not have my podcast voice perfected yet. Um, and it was hard. It was really hard. Like you, you can see why a lot of voiceover actors get paid, get paid what they get paid, and why they're also unionized and well represented. Because I was in, I was first off, I was pregnant. I was very pregnant. I was huge with my first child, and I went into that studio for eight hours a day for about two weeks uh, to record the audiobook of How to Be Married. And it was really, it was really, really tough. You can, you can actually, you can hear me burping and like my stomach gurgling because the baby is just like nailing me uh, in, in parts, parts of that audiobook. But because it was so personal, I thought it was important for me to read it in the same way that, you know, when a celebrity writes and writes an autobiography or a really great essayist writes something, I prefer to listen to them. Like I want to hear David Sedaris read David Sedaris more than I want to hear anyone else read him. Right, right. No, there's an authenticity that comes from the from the author. I feel like um, you know certain, and in, in some cases, you know, being an audiobook listener, you know, myself, it's it's like when the author's reading it, yeah, you, know, you really know that it's it's coming from even if it's like a dry subject matter, it's it's coming from the place where they believe it. Um, whereas it, if it is more kind of out there, um, you know, more story like or, or more performance than than you know, having a professional do it, you know, there's a difference between like Malcolm Gladwell reading. Uh, tipping point versus, um, you know, uh, Harry Potter, you know, and, and <laughs> where it's exactly. like you're doing all these exactly. voices and character when the characters are involved, it gets hard. <laughs> yeah. Well, and we were really picky about who narrated um, our fiction books. And that's because bad audiobook narrators drive me insane. Like a bad audiobook narrator can turn me off from listening to audiobooks for months and months at a time. And then it takes a lot for me to go back because I'm like, oh, that experience is terrible. I don't, I never want to do that again. So we were really picky. Uh, we, we auditioned a lot of people when we did it. And I'm, I'm really happy with how, with how it all turned out. Great, great. Yeah, and a, a bad, it's funny, like a bad narrator can turn people off of audiobooks completely. Completely, yeah, and the same way as a bad podcast host can can turn people off. And voice voices are just so subjective too. Like I know there's people out there that don't don't like my voice. I know it because I read read the reviews and read some of the comments. And there's some people I I I should I shouldn't. I know that I shouldn't. And you know what? I start I start to read them after I've had like two glasses of wine, and then I'm even more vulnerable. And then I say to my husband, "Is my voice annoying?" And he's like, "Yeah, of course it's annoying. I'm your, I'm your husband. I think your voice is really annoying." And but it's so subjective. People are split. Some people are like, "Your voice is so soothing. It puts me to sleep at night." And other people are like, "Your voice is like nails on a chalkboard, and I hate you." Right now, it is. It is. There's so many things that kind of go into that, just uh, in in people's DNA, the way they were brought up, you know, what their what their family sounded like, where they've lived, um, you know, or they could have had somebody in their life just happen to sound like you, who's an awful person. You just don't know. I say I sound like everybody's annoying ex girlfriend, maybe. Um, well, let's hope not. But so, you know, the podcasting side of this, I think, is is interesting because audiobooks, you know, you're with that person for maybe ten hours, and you know, there's there's the arc of of just a 
of a book. What's different in your world of kind of how you approach an audio book and, and what's different about podcasting? Now that I have more than one show on iHeart, I've also had to be really careful to differentiate my voice for each show. So when we started Fierce, which, like I said, it's kind of a documentary-style storytelling podcast about badass women that history's forgotten. And I would start recording the voiceovers for that show, and my producers would be like, you're using committed voice? Can you stop using committed voice? Uh, and I would have to think. I'm like, all right, yeah, no, this is a totally different podcast. What is what is the sound? What is the vibe? What is my energy like? With an audio book, you can have the same energy the entire time. Um, in fact, you should have the same energy the entire time because consistency is key. People want to keep coming back and and feeling the way that they did when they when they put the audio book to bed when they last left off. But with a podcast, I think your energy has to change depending on what kind of story you're telling and what place you're at and in the story. Because audio also conveys a lot of emotion. And some of that emotion comes from the script writing. It's really hard. It's a different muscle than what I used in journalism because you're just leading the listener in a different way than you do in print journalism. But a lot of it has to come from your voice. So when I'm trying to convey a part of the story that's particularly sad or emotional, my voice has to reflect that, but not in a way that's caricature-y or that, or that I'm, I'm playing a character. I'm still me, uh, but I have to have some level of emotion there. And it's it's, it's, sometimes it's hard to focus on that too. I, I always say, I'm like, I can't really do more than 25 minutes to like an hour is my max of VO I can do a day, like I don't do more than one committed episode in a day because then everything just starts to sound the same and everything sounds flat and it's all going to have to be redone anyway. There's a certain energy you have to kind of keep up and it's, it's weird. The sound of your own voice is a whole nother Oh my God, I can't story. even, I don't even want to talk about that. Listen, I, I, I can't believe I've now chosen a profession where I have to listen to my voice over and over again on a regular basis because I hate it so much. Yeah, no, I'm, look, I couldn't even, you're stronger than me. You read your, you read reviews. I can't even listen to myself talk. So, um, so let's talk a little bit nuts and bolts about just podcasting. There's a lot of people out there that kind of look at the podcast world and it's evolved in a, in a really organic way. It's, it's been around for, I think, longer than a lot of people realize. Um, and there's, there's so many different people in the space from traditional radio companies like iHeart to, who are kind of evolving to the, let's call it the overall, like, you know, digitization of audio um, to people who are coming to this place and saying, I'm going to start a podcast advertising company. I'm going to start a podcast content company. I'm going to start a, something focused from podcast. You get, you're getting this kind of squeeze um, from both ends of the spectrum. Um, but they, what they all want is great content, right? Nothing beats a great story. Uh, and so why specifically why iHeart? Like how did you land there and, and why, you know, why did you kind of, why is that a great spot for you? And, and now you have not just one podcast, but two. <laughs> <laughs> and probably more by the end of the year. I mean, podcasts are also something that we can continue to make in quarantine. Um, well, I, like I said, I started out with How Stuff Works. And I had a relationship with some of the folks that worked at How Stuff Works. And they approached me and said, hey, we love your books. Which ones of your books do you want to turn into a podcast? And How to Be Married was the easy choice. I had also just finished a book called If Nuns Ruled the World, which is about badass feminist nuns, and which I still think would make a really great podcast, because uh, nuns surprisingly make great audio. They're very soothing. Uh, but you know, maybe that's a 2021 project or summer project. 
So I started out with How Stuff Works, and then How Stuff Works was acquired by iHeart, and then I moved over to iHeart, and the experience has been really great. It's top-notch production, top-notch marketing and distribution. I mean, I really couldn't be happier with the journey that the podcast uh, career has taken so far. Great. And so, like, I think a lot of people, because there's a, there's a kind of low barrier to entry to podcasting, right? If you have a halfway decent microphone and an idea, you can get started, which is great. Yeah. It's well, it's great. It's great, and it's also terrible in the same way that when the internet came around, and prior to that, you just had newspapers and magazines. Everyone was like, "Now all of a sudden, I'm a journalist," right? So, and that and that was frustrating because then it was just like content diarrhea all over the internet, and it's still you can't differentiate between what is good journalism and what is complete crap. So, I feel like it's the same way with podcasts, right? So, since everyone can make a podcast, there are a lot of podcasts out there that are not great. There are a lot of things out there that should not be a podcast, that should never be a podcast all over the place. And I'm hoping that we start to see good podcasts with really high quality production uh, rise to the top um, and that people do find an easy way to discover those and to find the right podcasts that are, that are the right fit for them. Because when you just when you have so much out there, it starts to become like the internet, which is now just a wasteland of content spam. Yeah, the pendulum always seems to swing back the other way on these things. It's definitely not there on, on podcasting. And, and I think one area where it's starting to happen is people will get discouraged at some point if, if they don't have an audience and, and there's, no, there's nothing in it for them. There's only so long you can shout into a vacuum. Hopefully. Hopefully. But there are some people, and so it's usually the worst people, that will shout into a vacuum forever. <laughs> you look at advertising for example right like right now you have the ability through your platform to do live reads um and live reads are, are an area where you know you're not just advertising but you're, you're kind of in some ways you're endorsing or kind of associating yourself and your brand with a product or or another brand and and so where do you feel that that works for you today and where do you see that going it is tricky because live reads don't scale right but at the same time in the same way that podcasts feel like more authentic more intimate content so do live reads. So I I think that they're really nice in that you genuinely feel like a host is is talking to you about something they actually like. And we're we're pretty picky with committed. And I, I only do live reads for things that I would actually use or or eat or read or see. Um, there's a lot of things that we turn down. There's some really hilarious things that we turn down. And so and that's nice. It's nice that we're in a position to be able to to turn down people wanting to give you money and not everyone is in that position. Where live reads get tricky is when you're endorsing things that you that are that are crap, that that you don't like, that you're just reading verbatim um, from someone else's ad copy and I don't think that those are at all effective because the audience is smart and they're smarter than a lot of people think and when it's not an authentic live read, um, they know it, and it does. I don't think it does anything for a company's bottom line, and it's just wasted money. If you if you had to try to scale the live read, what would you do? As you're the host, you're in this. You care about your audience. Like I've never I've never actually asked a podcast host this question before, so I'm really curious to hear your answer. Not to put you on the spot, but like, what would you do? I and mean, you can't clone yourself. So how do you how do you do that? That's real. Wow, you you did just totally put me on the spot because I'm like, oh my gosh, how do I break this industry? If I knew the answer to that, <laughs> I would probably be making a lot more money. Um, the question is, I mean, I think that there's different ways of doing it. When you have and places 
with a with a lot of good podcasts are kind of at an advantage uh, when it comes to that. You know, n- that have similar pod- podcasts across their network that share um, hosts. So I think that you could scale them by having host reads from other podcast hosts that you may already know because they're in your network appearing on on similar shows. Um, and, you know, they're introduced by the host like, hey, you've heard this voice before, you've heard this person before, they're, and they're popping in here. Um, I think that that's one possibility. Other than that, I think it is just really tough. And it, it I'm not going to lie, it's taxing. I do a lot of ad reads. I mean, I'm recording at least one new ad every single day. And in quarantine, that's tricky. You guys can hear my kid right now. So all of my all of my new ads have have one of my children screaming in the background of them. But that's also maybe part of the part of the authenticity that it's it's really me. I'm really reading this ad. I'm really using this Billy razor that just came in the mail right now trying to shave my legs while juggling a 5-month-old and a 2 and a half year old. I'm not sure how you're doing it. I don't know either. I'm not shaving well. I can tell you that, Scott. <laughs> well, I'm no one will find out. I'm not shaving as well as I usually do. <laughs> right. No, and it's it's uh it's really interesting and I think it's funny that this whole, you know, the quarantine in general has gotten everyone's gotten insight into into everybody's house uh and, and home in a way or apartment. Oh my god, I know. And I want and, and I'm also super judgy about it and then also super jealous sometimes. Like sometimes I'm like, "Oh, wow, I thought they would have decorated better." And then other times I'm like, "Jesus Christ, they're good." I know I do it. I'm like half listening to the person and half like looking at what's on the bookshelf behind them. <laughs> totally. Totally. I'm like, did you read, did, did you finish Crime and Punishment? Or like me, did you just put it on the shelf and after reading the first chapter? Exactly. Speaking, speaking of the, of kind of the, let's call it the elephant in the room, just the, the context that we're recording this, this podcast on, you know, in, in April, in April of, of 2020, you know, we're in quarantine, you know, COVID-19 is, is everywhere. Hopefully it's, it's, it's maybe peaking you know, the most recent episode of Committed came out in, in early March. You know, a lot's changed since then. Like, and, and, you know, looking at that, like, you know, what's changed in the way you're approaching your content, your, your, your podcast, how's it affected your shows? Are, are, do you see advertisers, you know, pulling back? Are you changing? What are you changing in, in this climate as, as a host and somebody who's, who feels that responsibility to create content that's true to what you're doing? Well, Committed's an interesting beast. Uh, production has obviously changed. High quality sound has has been just really important to committed from the very beginning, because like I said, anyone with a halfway decent mic can do a microphone. Anyone can do Skype interviews and put the put the audio online. We've always sent um, audio engineers out to the couples that we're interviewing, or we bring them into the studio and I interview them live in the studio. Um, it's a better interview and it's a better experience for the listener. In quarantine, we can't do that. So we're doing all kinds of remote recording hacks. We're having people, we're sending people micro, disinfecting microphones, by the way, and then sending people microphones. We're buying people brand new microphones and we're having people record their own audio on their end, which for some couples, it's it's a leap. I mean, we're doing an entire masterclass in how do you record your own audio before we even start the interviews. So there's that. The production has completely changed and also no one... No one has as much time as they used to because everyone's brain is a little bit fried because we're nervous and racked with anxiety. So even just booking the interviews has been hard. The tone of Committed is right for the pandemic. We are a show about love and hope and how do you get through hard things. So that has stayed the same. But now we're also focusing on pandemic-themed episodes of Committed. So we had a we had an episode drop yesterday morning at 8 a.m., which was three mini 
episodes in one. A doctor who's had to move out of his house because he doesn't want to infect his pregnant wife and his toddler son. Uh, And two couples that had to reconfigure their weddings in the light of the pandemic. So one couple got married in the Nintendo game Animal Crossing from their couch. And another still got married in the church, but instead of guests a local factory made them cardboard cutout silhouettes of 120 people in the pews so the bride wouldn't have to walk down the aisle alone. So we released that yesterday, and there was a huge response from the audience because I think everyone just wants to hear how other people are living right now. We're releasing season four tomorrow, and we're still releasing four episodes that were in the can before the pandemic. And then the rest of the season is being recorded right now, and it will all reflect what's happening in real time, in real relationships, um, through the lens of the coronavirus. I keep using the love in the time of corona pun, and everyone's using it, and I hate myself every time I do it. So I'm like, stop it, Joe. It's so played out. You're lame. To back to that, that content for a second, I, I've got to listen to this. The, the Animal Crossing one sounds right. I, my 11-year-old sounds obsessed with Animal Crossing right now. Um, like where do you, where did you source that? Social media. Some have already had articles written about them, and then people also tell us, and we get so many emails and so many social messages, DMs, etc., uh, from people that are like, "We want to tell you our story." In the first season, I had people that I wanted to talk about their relationships. So committed is like a deep dive narrative storytelling, kind of like this American life meets how I built this, but for commitment. So real people's real marriage stories. We had. A couple who was blown up together in the Boston Marathon bombing. We have a couple of porn stars who are monogamous off screen, but you know, on screen they do porn. So that's not the opposite of that. Um, we have an astronaut and his wife, and his wife is the one who helped get him to outer space. A couple who's been married for 38 years, and they both have Down syndrome, and their entire community didn't want them to get married in the first place. So you see, you see where I'm going with that. It's And during a pandemic where you're locked in the house with your spouse, everyone wants to talk about their marriage. So since season one, we've had people writing and calling and being like, talk about me, I'm so interesting. And most of them aren't because everyone thinks they're interesting and they're not, but 10% of them are. And it's the same thing, you know, during the pandemic. Now that people know that we're doing this, this kind of content, now, now we're getting inundated with requests. Wow, that's great. It's exciting stuff. And I think like, look, nothing's more interesting than than other people. <laughs> I know, right? Like, And also other people's marriages. And my whole point was that in romantic comedies, we see like it, it ends with a proposal or the wedding, and then you never see the nitty gritty, messy parts of a marriage. And Committed brings you the nitty gritty. Right. And, and so from an advertiser standpoint, like advertising is, is kind of in panic mode net right now, just across the board, because people just don't know. There's so much uncertainty in the world. So like, you know, advertising is a big supporter of audio, right? And so do you see like in, in in maybe this is maybe in some ways committed is is immune to this given its content like do you see advertisers like behaving differently than they would have previously well we're we're still only 4 weeks in and i try to keep reminding everyone of that this is still really really early days we don't know what the hell is going to happen for the rest of the year we really don't but in a lot of ways podcasts are going to be very protected because this is the kind this is the kind of content that people are still going to be consuming one in quarantine two when we're slowly coming out of isolation and you know creeping fr- frightened into the brave new world um and afterwards i mean audio audio content is not going anywhere and if anything it's only it's only growing and also people are still 
buying things online. And a lot of the advertisers that do advertise on podcast are direct-to-consumer um, advertisers who are trying to reach the kind of customers that are sitting at their computers all day while they're in quarantine. So I think that for the time being, podcasts are going to be fairly safe. No, and let, let's hope so. I, I think you're right about a lot of that. And I do think it's going to be um, just, in a, it's going to be really uncertain for a while. And, and I do think we'll start to figure it out. I'm, I'm, an, I'm an optimist. Um, so you, you, know, you talked about how you were changing the content of the committed podcast. And so the, the you know, last thing I, I'd love to learn more about, and, and hopefully everybody listening to this goes out and and uh, subscribes to Committed. <laughs> Sounds really exciting. Subscribe to Committed. And if you don't like my voice, don't leave a review. That's right. <laughs> um, so, well, I can't help you on narration. So you're, you're on your own there. Um, so so you said, you mentioned you have some other things, you know, coming in the pipe. What can we look for from from you? And, and what is, what is uh, what else can we be excited about that you're working on? Well, Fierce, which is our new podcast with the Tribeca Film Festival, is launching in May. And we're so excited about it. It is eight stories of incredible women that you won't often find in your history books, but you their names definitely should be on the tips of your tongues. Uh, so we're we're pumped about that. And that's been a year of production. Again, to underscore the importance of great quality, we started that in March of last year, and we're just putting the finishing touches on it right now, and it's only eight episodes. It takes that long to produce a great podcast, and I think that's what a lot of people don't realize. A lot of people think, well, my buddy and I both have microphones, and so we can just talk at each other for an hour, and other people should want to listen to us. And it's a lot harder than that. It's a lot harder than that to create good, engaging high-quality content that people want to keep coming back to again and again. And just going back to advertising, I think that those kinds of podcasts are the ones that are going to remain sticky for advertisers uh, because they're breeding intimacy with an audience. And when when an audience feels that a podcast is higher quality, they're going to be more invested in the ads that are in that podcast. Well, look, thank you for coming on uh, the Sonic Truth. This has been exciting. You are our first podcast host. I know. I feel so honored about that. Thanks for listening to my baby scream in the background. And thank you for sharing your your stories with us. Now, I'm I'm going to go leave now and go listen to Committed. Great. I want to hear about the uh, that Animal Crossing wedding. You do. <laughs> you absolutely really want to hear about that. <laughs> Thank you very much for listening. This podcast has been a co-production between Veritonic and Advertising Week 360. And for more content just like this, visit advertisingweek360.com.